On today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, I will be bringing in Aaron Brown of the Hockey News to discuss the state of the Cats, where the Florida Panthers stand through nine games of the season and their upcoming road trip, power play, Roberto Luongo's upcoming uh, Hall of Fame induction, and the upcoming four-game road trip, all on today's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Monday, October 31st edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at Monoman12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And don't forget to also subscribe to Locked On AHL and Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. So, Cats fans, the Florida Panthers, after a quick Two-game road trip gets one game at FLA Live Arena this past Saturday. Uh, 4 p.m. start time for the Panthers just this past Saturday. The very first Kachuk versus Kachuk battle that we got to witness. Actually, this was the game that I witnessed uh, twice because first time, first go-around, I listened to it on the radio because of early Saturday games, unable to watch uh, the game fully on TV based on my day job, but then got to watch it again on Sunday afternoon to experience it on on the screen. But let me bring in my guest on the show for today's episode of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. On the other side of this audio, it's an edition of State of the Cats. This is an edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. We, We bring in some of the media members who are there on the daily covering the Florida Panthers, and today we are bringing in Aaron Brown of the Hockey News. Aaron, welcome back to Locked On Panthers. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Thank you so much once again. So, Aaron, I I, want to discuss, first of all, really, what is your overall assessment of the Florida Panthers through nine games of the season? They're actually where I kind of expected them to be. I I really didn't think we were going to see the um, insanity from last year. Um, uh, This is something, and I know we'll talk about this later, but it's going to be just a long process of a season. Um, I think the Panthers know that they have a team that's good enough to make the playoffs, whereas, you know, for several years, they just, they weren't there. They were trying to figure things out. They finally get there. Now it's a matter of making them uh, long-term contenders. So there's going to be some growth in this process. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, when they lost Ekblad, I don't remember who I said this to. I said, if they get out of the month at 500, they're fine. They're a game, a little bit more than a, a game over 500. Um, so they're fine. They're, they're in a good spot. They're not trailing. Uh, they're second in their division, uh, you know, Power play could be better. I think we all agree on that. But it has kind of gotten out of the rut for at least, you know, a couple games. Um, so it's it's a work in progress. But they're not, you know, trailing horribly. 
in, in the standings. They are, you know, competing even in the games that they are losing. Um, so they're in a good spot. It's again, it's not going to be like it was last season, but they're fine. It's it's eighty two games. They're fine after nine. Hey, you think about all of their losses, their four losses, one overtime loss, three regulation losses, the Boston game down to four defensemen, making it close. The And especially the most recent stretch here with going on the road in, um, against Chicago. I know they outshot uh, Chicago, uh, but it wasn't really until the third period where they put a lot of pressure on Alex Stalock. Carter Hart had a career, career night on on Thursday night against the, against the Florida Panthers. Anton Forsberg, again, for the for the for the Ottawa Senators but here, here's one thing I'm, very, I'm noticing about about this cats team that this we we spoke all season about defensively responsible and but and the defensemen are getting the points for the Panthers I mean Brandon Montour leads the leads the Panthers in game winning goals at two three total on the season for him and the thing is I'm noticing is the last three games, the Panthers have had stretches of at least 10 plus minutes where they haven't allowed a shot on goal. That's happened in the last three games. And I think that's really the most impressive part. It, it, it's funny because the record says one, two and one in the last three games. But what do you think? What do you think about the defensive structure for, for the cats? I, I think that, uh, I mean, the, the numbers, the numbers say it, the numbers are less than, uh, last season and we know that yes they could uh, go crazy and put up more than four goals a game and, and it almost seemed way way too easy for them but then they would get lax and you know just oh okay we've given up two goals yeah well we still have a three goal lead no big deal you know so I <laughs> I think that they're getting away from that mindset which is a, a good thing um, I, I think it's in a way um, good for the we'll just say the two through everyone else guys to not have Ekblad there because it really does force them to be responsible in, in every way. Um, and, and so to really work well together to build that chemistry. And, and I think that, you know, there was maybe every reason to panic when Ekblad goes down because, you know, it's a couple games into the season and you also traded your number two guy over the off season in Mackenzie Weger. So, you know, now you're working with, three down, you know, three, three through six, three through seven, and they've done fine. So, you know, it's, you know, not every game is going to be perfect, but I think that you can definitely see just a little bit more responsibility um, in their, in their own end. Um, they're getting points, uh, which as Paul Maurice said during the week, you know, maybe some of the fours aren't getting points that you would expect to, but the fact that the the defense is getting it. It means that the forwards are doing their job and creating some chaos. So, you know, it's, it's, again, it's really early, but there were many reasons after Ekblad went down to, to, to panic, I think, and they've handled it just fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the radical goodness, um, Josh Maherline is just continues to, to play so great. I think, but I think Radko Gudis especially uh, has really benefited from from the Panthers going away from run and gun as as a guy who's a stay at home defenseman. He's going to get his his uh, many hits. Still leads the team uh, mm -hmm. with twenty four on the season. So I, I I think that he he is the biggest beneficiary of uh, of Paul Maurice's system. Uh, is there is there a player for you that sticks out as a as a person benefiting from Paul Maurice's system? I, I, it's funny you say good, Gudis because I would have, I would have thought Gudis as well. There's just, um, 
there's another another level of almost like a maturity maturity to his game you know stepping in in this kind of time of need we'll just say you know he's not trying to steal any spotlight or you know suddenly become a num- number one he's just trying to do what he needs to do and it's been effective and then the other guy i would say as far as standing out obviously Mo- brandon montour uh i know he was a guy that was uh, wanted years ago, I believe back in like 2018, 2019, he was someone that they wanted to pick up. He ended up going to Buffalo, but he, he is just really uh, fit in so well. He's, he's kind of taken that next step in the way. I think we saw Mackenzie Weaker a couple seasons ago when Ekblad went out that first, that first time. Right. Uh, same with Forsling as well. So, you know what, honestly, uh, the fact that the, the defense is pretty steady uh, when it could potentially not be that way. Um, I, I think that, you know, those two guys stand out to, to me, uh, Mahura as well, but, but just, yeah, just in general, the defense just looks a lot more, um, just, just they're doing what they're supposed to. They're not overthinking things. They're just doing what they're supposed to. Yeah, Montour stepping up to that uh, top top pair with Gus Forsling led the led the team with time on ice on on Saturday night against the Ottawa Senators, uh, twenty seven minutes uh, and forty nine seconds for 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 the team. Uh, the the Panthers they put a franchise record of fifty eight shots on goal because funny enough, at the end of the game when the final score on the Valley feed uh, showed at least when I watched it, it said fifty three, but later on it, it updated to 58 which ended up being the actual franchise record only twice in florida panthers history have they gone two straight games with getting 50 plus shots on goal and it for for the cats they they had they on saturday was their french um, franchise record and in the top five in the top five for the panthers as far as shots on goal in a game three of those of the of the five came in the last two in the last three seasons for the Panthers so it just goes to show what kind of era that we're in for the Florida Panthers as far as just an, a team that just uh, just dominates often offensively I mean the only game this season where they didn't have more shots on goal than the opposition was opening night against the New York Islanders and that and it took them a third period of a 20 12, excuse me, 12 to 5 shot advantage just for the Islanders to get more shots on goal than, than, the, than the Panthers. So it's just really been impressive just this last stretch of just how, how dominant this, uh, this Panthers has, team has been in just controlling the game. Yeah, and and that's something. Even you know, you you talk about the the shots in one aspect. Obviously, the goals are another. It's yes, the goals have come down compared to uh, you know the last two seasons, but not. It's it's still not in like any sort of panic territory, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they put up, you know, they're, they're putting up the goals. They're putting up the shots. If they continue with the shots, the the goals will come. Uh, it is no doubt about that. Um, but the one thing, just just to go back, something you mentioned about Montour with um, you know his time on ice. In terms of average time on ice per game, this is something I looked up. He's top five in the league. So, wow. yeah, that, that's something where you're just like, wow, okay, you know, he's he's averaging about 25 minutes a game. So, you know, good on him that he's really been able to, um, you know, make something of the the opportunity. 
Power play time helps, that's for sure, with uh, Brandon Montour getting that extra extra time on ice, being, now being the new quarterback on the power play. But we spoke mostly about the defense for the Florida Panthers, but but in the, in segment number two, we're going to transition over to the forwards and the power play on, on, and how they've been developing over, over the last few games. We've seen a couple of line changes, and we've seen the power play be be a little better in the in the last uh, few games, but we're going to discuss that next here on Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online, and Bet Online is your number one source for all betting, football, and the start of the new basketball and hockey season. Find all the latest pl- player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, and in depth analysis on every game. And as always. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use a mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Second segment here on this Monday, October 31st edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. By the way... I want to wish everybody a very happy Halloween if you happen to celebrate. It is a State of the Cats edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Aaron Brown from the Hockey News is here to discuss, well, the State of the Cats. So, uh, Aaron, so we've seen a little bit of line shakeups for the Panthers. It really started on Tuesday night against the Chicago Blackhawks where Matthew Kachuk was inserted on that top line. And at the time on Tuesday, it was uh, when the... Barkov, Kachuk, Verhage line were together on on Tuesday. Their uh, shots for versus shot against together was nine to one. That much of an advantage. So that that put the light bulb for Paul Maurice to put those guys uh, together. And we we see Verhage uh, score two goals on Saturday night, and all four goals for Carver Hage have been at home this season. So not not the first time that Verhage has had uh, big stretches during the season as far as splits where. Uh, he's had more goals at home than uh, on the road. Barkov, uh, we've been we've been chatting all season about Barkov and uh, as as the drought that he's had to open the season. Usually a slow starter, but gets on the uh, gets a power play goal uh, on Saturday night against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, and they, by the way, the the Panthers breaking their power play drought of 0 for 25 on Thursday when Brandon Montour scored on the power play. We mentioned him on, in the last segment, but how? how but how 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 are you seeing these uh, forward lines that Paul Maurice has uh, juggled a little bit so far in these last few games? So it's funny because I was thinking about this last night um, because Barkov, ever since Kachuk has been on his line, has suddenly become the Barkov everyone has kind of been asking for over so many years. Shoot the puck more, shoot the puck more, shoot the puck more. And I wonder if... Uh, he, he, to me, he d- very much strikes me as obviously a team player and he's going to do what is, what is best, um, you know, for the, for the team. And he probably, you know, in the past, especially as he's younger is probably thinking, well, how do I be a team player? Well, pass the puck, pass the puck, but he's got a great shot. And everyone has always said, if he just shot more, if he just shot more. So now what, what kind of situation do you put him in? You have a guy that Matthew Kachuk, who is going to, you know, just clean up a lot of garbage in front. We know that 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 is his sweet spot. So what is the best thing that Barkov can do? Shoot. 
shoot. And I think that maybe that's kind of clicking because now he knows that if he's going to shoot that puck, the chances of someone being there to clean it up are very likely are high and, and cashing in on it. Cause I could see where he even might be reluctant to pass pucks in search certain situations or not shoot pucks in certain situations, uh, mainly because it, you know, obviously you shoot the puck, you're going to potentially lose possession of the puck. You, you know, you take that risk, but now of course it makes sense because he's got a guy who's going to take care of the puck when it gets down low. So I think, you know what? Great, great move. It's gotten him sparked. Um, just that whole line has kind of gotten a little bit better. Um, the person I do feel for in this situation is Sam Reinhardt because the poor guy is so deserving of a goal and he'll get there. He'll, he'll, he'll get there. You don't want to break up that third line. The third line has been looking um, like a nice, nice follow-up to last year's edition of that third line. Um, you know, I wonder if Reinhardt would do better with, uh, with, with Lundell because he did have that chemistry last year, but at the same time, you know, um, the other, everything else seems to be working just fine. So, um, yeah, I, I think that that move to put Kachuk on there, get Barkov shooting more. I think that's going to, uh, as, as Maurice says, create a lot of chaos down low. Yeah, Matthew Kachuk having 14 more shots on goal than the next uh, person uh, on the team with 46. And Barkov, just looking at his, uh, his the amount of times he, shoot, he shot the puck on goal prior to this last uh three game stretch uh, uh the in the first six games barkov has only shot four shots on goals uh, uh for the panthers twice in the first six games and then the last three five six and six and now and he was outside the top five for the panthers on the amount of shots t- um, on goal so and now throughout this last stretch during the weekend, he's now tied for second along with Sam Bennett. You mentioned uh, Sam Reinhardt as well. And I also want to uh, go to a clip of Paul Maurice, really a clip that really stuck to me based on kind of the struggles uh, for the Panthers as far as um, getting wins, as far as that. But talked. he spoke really about uh, creating good habits, something I've spoken about the on the show. But I want to... Uh, play a clip from Paul Maurice after Saturday's win over the Ottawa Senators. Not a huge believer in momentum and that the puck drops and you have the opportunity to change it again. So um, I, I was still, com- we were comfortable with our game. And, and at the end of the day, the score really doesn't matter. It does at the end of the game, but not at the end of the day, if that makes any sense, because we have to play a certain way. And we're, we're not going to be pleased if this isn't about goal scoring for a team. It's the style of play that we have to cement over 82 games so that when the playoffs come, and we've, if we've earned that right, then that's a hard thing to do in the Eastern Conference because I think there's like one team under 500. It's going to be a grind, but you have to carry a game into the playoffs that you've played all year that you have faith in. Thank you. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Coach. Okay, guys. Yeah, going back to that clip, Aaron, the the reason that stuck out to me is because Thursday we saw we've seen that even though the Panthers have had stretches of dominating possession, they've had a few stretches as well in like maybe like two or three minutes where they give up multiple goals. I mean, it happened on on Thursday against the Philadelphia Flyers where they give uh, two two goals in le- in less than a two minute span, and then on on Saturday they were up two nothing, dominating possession. It was a twenty six to six shot on goal advantage after the first period, and then it feel like 
the the air was kind of sucked out of the building for for a little bit for for the cats and but i also think about palm races uh when he talks about momentum which is weird to hear from a head coach at least for me but i i, I also get i also get the mindset at the same time where if you just you just take uh you just take things moment by moment instead of a, a, a big stretch what do you think of his comments there I, it, it was funny. That one struck, struck me too, um, as well. And, and I think that it's very uh, clear what the goal is that, you know, it's not about building a four, nothing lead in the first period and then getting sloppy for the remaining 40 minutes. Um, that's, I think what got Florida into the trouble it experienced last year during the, the postseason. that this idea that, there was too much that almost came easy for them. And, you know, when I say that for nothing, I'm thinking of a very early game against Carolina last season where they did that. And then it just, you know, Carolina at that point, they looked like they just didn't care. Like what, what is the point in trying to, you know, we're just getting, we just got slaughtered in the first period. We have 82 more games to play. Why are we going to be or not even 82, but you know, you know what I mean? Like we have a full season to play here. Why are we going to expend the energy now? So I think that there were a lot of times last season where Florida kind of fell into that, where, yes, their skill was absolutely dominant. Um, they would just basically wrangle their opponents into submission. But then when it got to the point where they had to play the tougher game, they had to just you know, stick with what they were doing. Maybe it was more of a grind. They just struggled. So I think to have those experiences, I, I think just – a lot of what they've gone on in these first nine games, they've had adversity, losing Ekblad. They they didn't have Duclair to start. Um, you know, maybe not getting off to the, you know, the undefeated start they had last year. It's not a bad thing for them. Um, and the fact that they are still sticking with their game, um, you know, after the Philly game, they could have just been entirely frustrated. Nope, they just kept at it, kept at it, kept kept at it. So I I think that. Um, he's right. That is exactly what they need. Um, they just have to make sure that they don't get in situations, I guess we'll say, where they're falling behind in the standings. But, you know, get, keep, always keep some breathing room, but you don't need to win a President's Trophy. It didn't get you far last year. You don't need, need to win a division necessarily. That didn't get you far last year. So you just want to be consistent, get into the playoffs. And as we all know as, as hockey fans, anything can happen in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And right now we're not at the point in the, in the standings where there's a lot of separation right now uh, with, with only one team under 500, which is the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then even in the Atlantic division, when you look at Buffalo, Detroit and, and all, they, they played a one, one less uh, game than the Panthers. So they're technically leading by points percentage, but Hey, uh, second in division right now with 11 points for the, the, uh, the Panthers and with Boston starting off uh, real hot for during, during this 2022-23 uh, season. But the, the, you, you spoke about uh, also falling behind uh, for, for the Panthers. I, I mean, let's talk about uh, goaltending for, for the Panthers. I mean, uh, on Saturday they had a little bit of a close call, uh, which where, which where uh, it was called back due to a goalie interference, but – I, I I look at that replay again. Uh, I've seen it like two or three times, and I didn't think that Spencer Knight would have saved that, regardless of uh, goalie interference or not. And 
the Panthers played a little bit of, it feels like they played a little bit of gamesmanship with trying to uh, get Bobrovsky, uh, quote-unquote, ready to come in, but buying more time for uh, Paul Maurice. Uh, but that also goes to goes to the experience of the head coach going through something like that to buy a little time, kind of in a, a little bit of manipulation as well in, in that situation. Uh, what what do you think of that uh, stretch for for the Panthers? Because had that goal counted and had, uh, it was a bounce off of Verhage's stick, had had that counted, it would have been three two Ottawa at the time. Yeah, and that was such a weird, weird sequence of events. Uh, you know, between the goalie interference. Uh, there was a brief moment that I thought was, is it possible this was even offsides? Obviously, the weird bounce off uh, Verhage into the net. Uh, you know, are they bringing Bob in? Are they not bringing Bob in? You know what? It's in in a way now that now that we bring this all up, it's a little bit of chaos, right? A little <laughs> bit of chaos, and that's yeah. exactly what you know Maurice has been kind of saying. If if there's some chaos, if there's some chaos, you can. You know, you can benefit from that. So, you know what? He he would not say what his intentions were. He would not say, um, you know, if he if Bob was coming in, if it was a stall tactic. He just he wouldn't go there, which is fine. You know, uh, you know, keep your cards close to the vest. I get it. Um, but you know what? He he also did reveal that one thing that a positive coming out of that whole sequence of events is that he learned Knight could kind of cool himself down and mm-hmm. cover in a, in a better situation, uh, you know, get himself in a better situation mentally. So that is something that I think is kind of a necessary, let's just say the necessary education for everyone early on. And uh, I can think of a couple of years back, there was, there was something that happened. I think it was a uh, Florida was playing Nashville and this was when Quenville was still coach. And he kind of took a risk by, I think, challenging a penalty, and it put them in a bad situation. Oh, so yeah. I looked at it in something like that, and I said, you know what? I said, this is his way of saying, I trust you guys. I trust you guys are going to do what you need to. Granted, they didn't in that situation. I think they lost that game 5-4. Yes. But I think this is exactly that kind of moment in the season where, you know what? We don't know what would have happened you know, if that had not been called back, maybe Bob would have gone in. We don't know. We just will never know that. So, you know, let Maurice have his moment of playing trickery. But I think that, you know, what we did learn from it is that, hey, okay, night is okay. And there's going to be a moment down the line when the same thing happens. And rather than hit the panic button, Maurice knows, everyone else knows, the kid will be fine. Yeah, and and still so much time for him, and and the Panthers goaltending as as a, as a whole. I'm just now seeing this like right in front of me that th- they're still second in division, getting 897 uh, um, save percentage from both of their goalies combined, and and of course numbers can be skewed. Of course, this early in the season, so it takes a little bit to balance out and get a full picture. But right right now we're seeing 897 uh, uh, save percentage for 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 the Panthers here. But we're going to transition over to segment number three, where we're going to talk about the upcoming road trip for the Cats. And we're going to tell, talk a little bit about Roberto Longo speaking to the media, uh, talking about his Hall of Fame induction. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. 
Third and final segment here on this Monday, October 31st edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, make sure you listen to Lockdown Game to Game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, and every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL with local analysis that only Lockdown can offer. Follow Game to Game on Lockdown NHL, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. So I'm here once again. We are here with Aaron Brown of the Hockey News for another edition of State of the Cats. So, Aaron, the Florida Panthers. The you spoke about at the very top of the show that they that if they got out of this month at 500, it it feels like somewhat of not not necessarily a huge victory, but a the this team is really in. Pretty, a decent spot for for the Panthers, and now they're gonna they're gonna go on a four game road trip starting on Tuesday night against the Arizona Coyotes. A very unique atmosphere that the Florida Panthers will find themselves in in a five thousand seat arena where the Arizona Coyotes played their first game against the uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. Which, funny enough, cool thing about that matchup was the old Winnipeg Jets versus the the current. Uh, Winnipeg Jets. So pretty cool matchup that the NHL put that as the first game of the Coyotes opener at at Mullet Arena. So what are your thoughts on the upcoming uh, road trip for the Cats? Well, I'm sorry. I had to jump on the Jets-Coyotes thing because, to be very honest, I thought, okay, who who is being cruel to schedule that as far as the first match at Mullet Arena? Because you figure, like, you know, the whole reason the Jets or one of the major reasons the Jets that became the Coyotes moved was because, oh, your arena is not big enough. Right. So mm-hmm. anyway, but yeah. Uh, and then and then you have, you know, the the you'll have people in Winnipeg watching that game with uh, less than 5000 seats in the arena. And I'm sure there were many people in Winnipeg who were triggered by that. So I just thought that was kind of. I thought it was a little bit ironic, but anyway, um, but yeah, the, but the, but the upcoming road trip, uh, basically, you know, they're playing three of the four worst teams in the NHL. Um, you got the ducks, the coyotes and the sharks. Uh, so I think it's entirely fair to expect that they should get, uh, at least six points out of this road trip. Um, but but um, they will also play the Kings. Kings can be a, a challenge. Um, so I, I think that, yes, six is the good target. If you get eight, awesome. If you get. Looks like we lost uh, Aaron Brown a little bit there for the for a little bit. So we, we will be seeing if she is able to reconnect here. But let's talk. Let's go a little bit more on this road trip for the Cats here. She spoke really about the Kings before her audio cut off, and the for for the Panthers. Of course, we know what the we know what the plan uh, plan is for the Arizona Coyotes. They're trying to to tank for Connor Bedard. the The locker room situation, especially for the visitors' locker room, is isn't the best situation for for the Arizona Coyotes, and they. And they're actually going to be playing four games before they go a whole month without having a single home game over at Mullet Arena. And then uh, San Jose, uh, 
a team in a new direction who hired a new GM who actually is of the GM is the brother of Miami Dolphins general manager Chris Greer. So Mike Greer is the general manager for the San Jose Sharks. Not even a week into the into the season for the San Jose Sharks, they deal with tragedy with uh, losing uh, Brian Marchment, Mason Marchment's dad, uh, and then of course with a draft strategy for the San Jose Sharks, they, they immediately. Uh, came they immediately traded back uh for for during the draft to gain some dra- draft capital oh, oh, for for the sharks and of course la who has accelerated their rebuild in trying to after a few dog years even though they kept part of their core together in Anze kopitar there Drew Dowdy, just to name a few, Jonathan Quick, even though they extended Cal Peterson they're, they're, to be the future goalie. And Jonathan Quick has had a little bit of a resurgence these last few years. And, of course, Anaheim, a uh, uh, great uh, core three in Trevor Zegers, Mason McTavish, Jamie Drysdale. And something that I spoke about with Nick Fairbanks on Fairbanks Friday just a few weeks ago was saying that John Gibson could be this generation's version of – Roberto Luongo is a great goalie, but the offense is just ha- has not been able to to create some wins for the Anaheim Ducks. So, so a little bit of a of a different uh, si- si- situation. Uh, so, so that we can so, but it's it's time for for the Panthers to really uh, take 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 advantage. Uh, and that so we're, we're currently trying to uh get aaron brown back back on on the show she's having a little bit of connection issues on her end it's not showing anything uh from my end because we have an, an interesting uh Robert, roberto luongo story here uh, on the lockdown florida panthers podcast so uh so trying to get uh trying to get aaron brown back on as we are buying a little bit of time uh for 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 this edition of state of the cats uh for on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. So, and there she is. She is back uh, here. A little bit of connection issues there for, for Aaron Brown, but she is back here. But, Aaron, I just finished uh, rambling on a little bit about all four teams, the state of each, the, the Ducks, the Coyotes, the Sharks, and the Kings, all on this, uh, on, on this Western road trip for the Cats. So, but let's move on. Uh, let's move on to the next subject for in relation to the the Roberto Luongo's upcoming Hall of Fame induction. So, you had an opportunity to be in person to hear Roberto Luongo discuss uh, being a first ballot Hall of Famer, and you had an interesting story that you spoke to me prior to us recording uh tell us tell, tell us a little bit about uh about your, your story about Roberto Luongo so, so yeah this was uh probably one of the most uh happily timed uh interviews I've ever had to do work-wise uh so long and short a um, little bit of uh, promotion here uh the hockey news did a special issue this year uh the legends of hockey it's the the uh the 75th anniversary of the hockey news so we we had some uh, basically interviews. It's a, it's a magazine and just a ton of interviews with some of the legends of the game. And one of the features we uh, we wanted to do was um, 
basically a legend for every team. And without question, it was Roberto Luongo. So uh, we do a lot of our work over the summer, believe it or not. And um, this was one of the interviews I needed to get. And it was, it was something where we strictly wanted that interview format. So, you know, whereas sometimes if we're just in little scrums with players and stuff, those might last like two, three minutes and, you know, we get a story out of them. But in this case, like, you know, if you're looking for a couple thousand word story, you need to have a longer interview. So we had to schedule that and sit, uh, like schedule some time to do that. And it just so happened we scheduled the interview without realizing it would be the day that they do the Hall of Fame announcements. We had no idea. And so I was kind of panicked, actually, because I thought, oh, my goodness, we're going to have this scheduled and we're going to be like two questions in. I'm going to need, uh, you know, I'm, I'm only going to get like two questions out of him. He's going to get a call from the Hall of Fame and I'm never going to hear from them again. So I had to, I had to laugh because it, it, it did work out. Obviously, uh, if you check out the hockey news, um, you, you'll see that, uh, that, that interview. But, uh, but it, it was something that he touched upon this week at his media day. Um, and, you know, everyone asked, like, well, how did you find out whatnot? And what he conveyed was that uh, Bill Zito had kind of uh, told him, oh, expect a call around noon. Well, noon came around and 1230 and one o'clock and like the clock kept ticking and he said something to Bill like, OK, they're not calling me. I, I guess I'm not going to get in this time. And he ended up getting the call at about like I think it was like two two thirty. he said. So um, so, yeah, so he, he did. He got it a little late. It was before I ended up having my scheduled interview with him. So it, it worked out, um, you know, pretty, just like I said, very well-timed and completely unexpected because um, in all honesty, uh, I think that interview is was scheduled well in advance and I didn't find out, I think, until Friday before that. Oh, no, on, on Monday, we're going to find out if he's Hall of Famer. So it ended up working out. Like I said, it is in the hockey news. I believe we published it online right after um, right after it was announced. Just, you know, the timing was good. So I, I'm sure I can share that with you, and you can share that on your feed for anyone who missed it the first time around. Yeah. So wow, we're 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 talking all the way back to June when when this when this happened when when we found we found out about the official uh, that Roberto Luongo was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and I can only anticipate him just standing around his phone waiting two hours and just thinking, "Well, I, I know I, I I know for for players, uh, their number one goal is to win the Stanley Cup, but of course, their second one is to be in the Hockey Hall of Fame. But but I know it would have been it would have been I would have felt for Roberto Luongo, of course, not never winning a cup, getting one opportunity in 2011, and then and then waiting and then saying, well, there's always next year. But then to say, oh no, you're actually on the first ballot th this time around. <laughs> so it, it just an interesting story of how, on how to get to on on how he got into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and and obviously so so deserving on the first first ballot between um, you know his his rise in Florida his years in Vancouver were um, among some of the best the NHL has ever seen you know the workload that he took on um, uh, again real early in his career between what he faced uh, here in South Florida you know leading the league in shots faced I think in back to back years. Um, 
then going to Vancouver and, and shouldering like at least 75 games a season. That's a lot. That is, that mm-hmm. is an absolute ton. Um, you know, he won gold with, uh, with team Canada. So he, he is at a, very, very storied career may not have the cup, but that, you know, that gold medal, I think has to be pretty special as well. That's, that's maybe more rare than a cup when you really think of it. And especially for him on home ice in Vancouver. Um, I, I can't, I, I don't know. It's something that I don't think we asked him, you know, but, um, but that would be my guess that that's, that's gotta be very, very special because it's really a once in a lifetime kind of situation and a lot of people wouldn't even get that chance uh, to play on home ice uh, for their country and win gold. Yeah. And when you think about, when you think about Roberto Luongo, I mean, I didn't get to watch his first stint with the Florida Panthers, but just looking at the numbers and seeing how he faced 900 plus more shots than Marty Berdor and, 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 and you think how, how, how did he not win the Vesna that year as well? And then get being the main starter in for Team Canada over Marc Andre Fleury and uh, Marty Berdor, who was a little older at the time uh, for for dur- during his uh, playing days, but also getting the opportunity to to ki- to have some glory with Team Canada. I think that's just I, I think that has re- really helped him in his career. And then back to back years, gold medal for Canada. Very next year, you make a Stanley Cup final appearance while being in the same city. Mind yeah. you, as well. I think that's a really cool part of his career, even though it wasn't in a Florida Panthers uh, sweater. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's something where the the Panthers, you know, they still had a par- a big part in his career. They gave him that opportunity. He's uh, he considers Florida his home. Uh, you know, he has a real soft spot for the franchise. Obviously, coming back uh, here, working with the team, and uh, getting his number retired. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, the, so, you know, sometimes they say, you know, you, to really do the, the best you can, sometimes you have to go away, you know, sometimes you have to leave home. So, uh, you know, it's, it's certainly, uh, it, it's still part of his career. It's still something to be celebrated. And, uh, and you know what, it, he's here now. So he gets to share the stories, uh, stories with all the people here, all the fans here. So, um, more so than in Vancouver. So it's it, it works out all, all well. Yeah, and then uh, him being a proud resident of Parkland, and we heard uh, we heard a possibility of of him speaking with the Montreal Canadiens last year on possibly being their GM, but him choosing to stay with the franchise as well. And once again, the only conversation that I was able to have with Roberto Luongo is actually a very memorable one. Is a 30-second conversation that I met with him in the press box at Emily Arena in Tampa. And I didn't even mention anything about hockey. I just I just thanked them for that speech that he he made towards the crowd at at the time called BB&T Center about everything that happened on February 14th, 2018, uh, when when the Florida Panthers faced the Washington Capitals that day about his uh, mo- very moving speech uh, after everything that happened at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. And th- that really is something that will be, uh, that will stick to me forever as far as that just 30 seconds of talking to Roberto Luongo. How, how about you of, of interactions that you have with him other than your your recent story? Yeah, you know what I I think that uh, probably just any any time you know you get the chance to talk to him, he's just 
he's he's a good guy. He, you know, he gives you gives you time. He doesn't give you the the cliche answers. You know, he's he's genuine in his responses that he gives. Um, he's he's a funny guy too. Um, which you know sometimes these guys don't show that enough. But um, you know, he is he's talked about that a little bit more too about how you know he's he's had some fun with Twitter and it kind of <laughs> relieves some pressure. Cause he, like he says, if you make fun of yourself, you know, people can't make fun of you, you know? So, um, so it, it's, I, I think it's, he's a great character. I wish he did tweet more. It would be wonderful to hear what he might have to say if he were doing broadcast, but you know what? He, he's earned the right to do exactly what he wants and, uh, you know, hopefully for his sake, he, he will end up with, with that cup to go along with the gold medal. Um, you know, even if you're in the, uh, not the owner's box, but like in management, you're still putting in a lot of work to help everyone get there. You are part of the team. So uh, hopefully it works out in the long run. Yeah. And with, and with, uh, with Roberto Longo, not, not too active on Twitter, but he does send a, uh, uh, funny tweets. He had a really funny one when Henrik Lundqvist uh, decided to retire. He also had one based on uh, when Kodak Black uh, appeared at FLA Live Arena back in January of 2022. Crazy to think that that was almost a, a year ago for him for, for, for when that moment happened uh, last season. But great, just continuing the, the great stories of Roberto Luongo and we're, le- we're just a few weeks away when he's uh, officially enshrined into the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto. And Make sure to check out Aaron's uh, story on Roberto Luongo at the Hockey News, uh, and we will plug it in on the on the Panther on the Locked On Florida Panthers Twitter feed uh, to so you guys can have have a read at it. But Aaron, I want to thank you once again for joining this edition of State of the Cats on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. For everybody out there, tell them where they can follow you and your work online. Uh, you can check out the hockey news. I mostly have been doing Panther stuff, but uh, adding some women's hockey into the mix. Uh, lots of fascinating stories there. So the hockey news and then also on Twitter at ringside. Awesome, Aaron. Thank you so much. And I hope to have you back on soon. Absolutely. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL and Locked On Fantasy Hockey with Flip Livingstone and Steel Roden. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first of the day. And for your next listen, check out Locked On Sports Today. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. So I'm Armando Velez with Aaron Brown. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Where's your team? Every day. <laughs>